This is an ABC podcast. Hello, this is Coronacast, a daily podcast all about the coronavirus. I'm health reporter Tegan Taylor. And I'm physician and journalist Dr Norman Swan. It's Wednesday the 24th of February. And so Norman, one of the questions that we get a lot from our audience is about autoimmune diseases and how they interact with coronavirus, like coronavirus infection, and then also perhaps with the vaccines that are on offer. And even though autoimmune diseases sound a little bit like, oh, I don't know what that's all about, they affect one in 14 people and they include conditions like lupus, celiac disease, rheumatoid arthritis. So if if you don't have it, you probably know someone who does. So Norman, what do we know about autoimmune diseases and COVID and COVID vaccines. And if it's okay with you, I'll just expand on the rage of autoimmune diseases. Please um, do. You know, type 1 diabetes is an autoimmune disease. You can get thyroid disease as part of autoimmune disease. Celiac disease, they often go together and there are some really rare ones, rarer ones that sclerodermos. But as a group, they're actually really common, 1 in 14 people, as you say. The issue here, and we get a lot of questions, as you suggest, on this, um, is it okay if if I've got autoimmune disease to take this? So for a lot of autoimmune diseases, not all of them, you take a drug which affects your immune system. So for example, particularly multiple sclerosis, rheumatoid arthritis, and others, they involve suppressing either one or several parts of the immune system. And it has been shown that people with autoimmune diseases who are on immunosuppressive therapy are at higher risk of serious COVID-19 disease and death. So in fact, it's extremely important that people with autoimmune diseases get get immunized. And diabetes is a risk factor, type 2 diabetes, and probably type 1 diabetes as well. So if you are one of these 1 in 14 people, the question is in your mind, should I be immunized? Is it safe to be immunized? Well, the answer is, you should be immunized because you are at risk. And the trials that have been done have not specifically looked at autoimmune diseases separately, but they have captured people with autoimmune diseases. And it looks as though these um, vaccines are safe. In fact, not just that, it may be that you would preferentially get a vaccine, at least in a dose or a type of vaccine, that gives you a stronger immune response rather than a weaker one, particularly if you're on immune suppression so that you, you get the best possible immunity. And that would either be the Astra vaccine 12 weeks apart or Pfizer or the Pfizer vaccine here in Australia. In answer to this question, you should have it done. The American Rheumatology Association recommends COVID-19 vaccines and they have looked at the evidence. So I think that this is safe and really something should be done. And there have been a couple of studies in The Lancet suggest in the last couple of days looking at vaccine hesitancy in people with autoimmune disease. A little bit of difference, but it turns out that people with autoimmune disease are probably not that much more hesitant than other people and therefore fairly open to getting the vaccine, which is good news. That's right. And we've got lots of questions about vaccination again today. So let's start with this one from James. James is a healthy 42-year-old that uh, falls under vaccination phase 2B, which is one of the later groups. And James is asking about the AstraZeneca vaccine. There seems to be confusion and negativity about the dose about the weakness with the so-called South African variant, the decreasing effectiveness of boosters because of our bodies maybe mounting an immune response to the chimpanzee virus that's used to carry the uh, part of the coronavirus into our bodies. James is just feeling a bit iffy about the AstraZeneca vaccine and is wondering whether he should perhaps hold out for the more effective 
Novavax vaccine, which because that might be around by the time that he's uh, at the front of the queue. So I can understand your confusion, James, but let's just look at whether you should hold out for the Novavax vaccine. The Novavax vaccine, actually, if it pans out from the preliminary data, is probably as effective as the Astra vaccine 12 weeks apart. And Astra and Pfizer do protect against severe disease. So there's probably no advantage to you personally to getting the Novavax vaccine. The attraction of the Novavax vaccine, particularly if it arrives in the country redesigned for the new variants, may well be a vaccine that helps us to actually open up borders. But one person hanging out for the Novavax isn't going to make a difference there. We should get on with the strategy we've got. It's not perfect, but, um, and then for boosters, we should be going for Novavax or Pfizer redesigned with the variant in, and hopefully that would happen this year. And the other issue about hanging on is you may not get the choice. Uh, When your time comes up, you might not get the choice. You get what's offered to you. Uh, just staying on the um, the comment that James made about the South African strain, TJ is asking, or we've said, uh, TJ says, we've said, we've talked about the poor efficacy of the Astra vaccine against the South African variant. However, TJ's understanding was that there was only a small study of 2,000 people in close quarters, which demonstrated this, and a small laboratory study that looked at blood work. So are there any other studies that help build the case for the poor efficacy of the Astra vaccine against this variant? Yes, all these sub-studies are smaller studies. There's no question about that. We'll put up the reference to this preprint, this non-peer-reviewed study, which showed 10% efficacy against the uh, moderate against moderate to mild disease. So, yeah, they are small studies. They do give indications. It's all we've got at the moment. The fact is that the viral vector vaccines do not seem to be as effective as either the Novavax, which is a protein vaccine, in other words, they're injecting the spike protein directly in, or the mRNA vaccines at this stage. But there is no, there's almost no data on the mRNA vaccines at the moment. The only thing that you could speculate there is that they are more potent and therefore might give more coverage against the variant, but there isn't that data yet. But the viral vectors are turning out to be a bit disappointing, and that's the Johnson vaccine and the Astra vaccine. A question from Margaret, who's tweeted me, saying, I have a question about something Dr. Swan said in the Monday, February 22nd episode. You said, Norman, that vaccines have the potential to make SARS-CoV-2 like the common cold. But don't people who have mild or even no symptoms of COVID-19 infection often wind up with lasting organ damage, lung damage and or long COVID? So Margaret's asking, when you say it it could end up being just like the common cold. Is that in the sense of mild symptoms or also uh, in the sense of no lasting effects? Great question, Margaret. Do the vaccines prevent long COVID? We don't have the data on that one way or the other. On a theoretical basis, they should because they, the vaccines almost certainly reduce the amount of virus in your body quite dramatically. And therefore, the pervasive effect of the virus on your body is going to be less. So you would expect long COVID to be much rarer in people that, who've been immunized. But those data are not available yet. While we're talking about this, Norman, do we have a definition of what mild, moderate and severe disease actually is? Because I've had colds before and felt like I was going to die, but I suspect I just had mild to moderate symptoms and was being a sook. Yeah, I mean, severe is that you need to be admitted to hospital, your oxygen level in your blood is falling. Severe is having to be admitted, is also having to be admitted to intensive care and being ventilated and obviously running the risk of dying. That's severe disease. 
moderate disease is you're not serious you're not seriously ill enough to be in hospital probably your blood oxygen levels not dropping but you're feeling pretty lousy you're coughing a lot and you're in distress and you can't go to work and you've got fatigue i mean moderate disease is not insignificant but it does protect you against hospital and in intensive care and mild symptoms are the sort of things we've been talking about a little bit of fatigue runny nose cough that sort of thing. And so obviously there's a massive benefit to an individual that if you're you know, not going to have severe disease, you're going to have moderate disease, you still f- might feel pretty crappy. But uh, the, the broader goal is also just to relieve the stress on the medical system, isn't it? Yes. But wh- why are we worried about COVID-19? Because you can die of it and the vaccines stop you dying of it. So let me ask you a question now, Tegan. We've got one here from uh, a Corona Caster who says, I don't fully understand the difference between inoculation, immunization, and vaccination. Yes, so that's a good one. The vaccination word is a fun one because it actually comes back to the Latin word for cow, which is vaca, because as people who've listened to Coronacast for a while or are interested in health history probably know is that the original uh, smallpox immunization, vaccination, inoculation was um, actually a cowpox uh, virus that they introduced into people. And inoculation is just the process of putting something into your body uh, like a pathogen. And vaccination used to really only be used to describe smallpox inoculation, but now, of course, we use those two terms pretty much interchangeably. And, Norman, correct me if I'm wrong, but immunization is the idea that we're stimulating the immune system, that we're looking for an immune response. I suppose it's possible that you could inoculate someone without immunizing them. In theory, yes. Immunization is really the global term for what we're doing here. And I tend to use the word immunization for the COVID thing because, anyway, that's just personal preference, but it really doesn't matter which you use. Immunization, vaccination, just go and get it done. That's right. And maybe you've got your thoughts uh, thoughts on this or questions to ask about it. You can send them to us at abc.net.au slash coronacast or, and or you could leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're getting your podcasts. And we'll jab you with information tomorrow. <laughs> yes, we will. 